to the Laundry Boys podcast. I'm your host, Matt Melander. I got my co-host, Rocky Celebrezzi, and uh, we are going to start off with our ad sponsor. Are you guys, a, anybody a first-time home buyer here? You know it's tricky. There's so many fees and terminology that you may not understand, but May Team Realtors in Louisville has you covered. They'll walk you through the process from start to finish and make you feel comfortable the entire time. Make sure you guys email Derek Jewell at Derek at MayTeamRealtors.com or go on Facebook and search Derek Jewell Realtor. Don't make a mistake that can last 30 years. Let May Team Realtors help. Uh, we're going to jump right into this episode. We had a lot to talk about last week right before the conference tournaments really got into the uh, madness. And uh, we're just going to do a little bit of a recap of the championship week to start this off. And uh, we'll start off with the AAC Houston absolutely obliterating Cincinnati in their championship game. Yeah, uh, I don't think it was all that, surpri- that surprising for Houston. Um, that, it's actually, that's been the matchup three straight years now, Houston and Cincinnati in that championship. Cincinnati did win it the last time. Obviously, there were none last year, but Cincinnati did not look good that great the semifinals or quarterfinals, if I'm going to be honest. I didn't think that they stood a chance. I did not think it was going to be the 40, 45-point blowout that Houston had. Um, Houston looks good going in, and they got the two seed in the tournament. They look very good. Yeah, Houston, a very strong performance there in the championship game. Uh, A little surprising that was Houston versus Cincinnati, and Cincinnati beat Wichita State to get there. So uh, a little bit of an interesting matchup that a lot of people didn't really see coming, but Houston coming out with a huge win and securing a nice two-seed in the big dance. Uh, Moving on to the ACC, Georgia Tech winning over Florida State. A huge surprise here for Josh Pastner and Georgia Tech. They got a bye because Virginia had a COVID problem. Uh, So they got right into the championship game after beating Miami, which is very lucky. Uh, Florida State got a bye as well by not having to play uh, Duke. So both teams had a bye, but Georgia Tech taking ACC championship. Yeah, Josh Pastner uh, coming straight from the hot seat and right into a championship is, I, that was amazing to watch. I mean, I was rooting for him the entire time. I think Georgia Tech had the potential. They were, looked fantastic down the stretch, I thought. Um, I think they ended up winning eight in a row, including that champion, eight or nine in a row. I think they finished six to finish out the regular season. So, yeah, to cruise through, obviously they didn't have to play Virginia, and they went straight to Florida State, who did play the night before, but obviously Florida State did have that bias. I don't know that fatigue really was that big of an issue right. for either of those teams. Um, I think it, in terms of surprising, I thought Florida State had it. Um, I think they, sh- they were the heavy betting favorite going in, as good as Georgia Tech had looked. I mean, Florida State is Florida State. They've been one of the most consistent teams under Leonard Hamilton, so... I mean, I think it's absolutely great for Georgia Tech. Obviously, we did find out today that they do have a positive inside their travel party to Indianapolis, so it'll be interesting to find out who that is. Yeah, it's always interesting, especially during these COVID days now, because we just don't know what some of these rosters are going to look like. I know Kansas was similar. They had a few guys they were leaving behind. Virginia is in another situation like that where we don't really know what these rosters are going to look like until very close to game day. They might be holding their cards close to their chest as well for game planning purposes, so the other team doesn't know exactly what's going on. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Georgia Tech. But Georgia Tech taking the ACC championship in a big surprise over Florida State. Our next one is another surprise. The Big East, Georgetown taking down Creighton in what was really a blowout. Yeah, I thought that was – I think it was very similar to Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia, Georgetown was not a heavy favorite even going into the tournament, much less in that championship game. 
Uh, Patrick Ewing was 0-3 in the Big East tournament coming into this year, and they went on to win four straight games, win the, win the championship. And that game was that game was interesting because Creighton came out early, and they were up about 10 points at the under-12-ish timeout. And by the under-8, Georgetown had a two, two or four-point lead up on Creighton, and then they just never looked back. Georgetown just kind of put the throttle down and drove all the way to a Big East championship. Yeah, they put the pedal to the metal, and Georgetown stealing bids, and uh, just one of those tournaments, uh, conference tournament weeks, where a lot of teams that weren't even in, in the conversation to make the big dance end up winning their conference championship and are able to make it in the tourney. Uh, the next conference, the Big Ten, one of the favorites, really, all of these teams to potentially win a national championship. Illinois taking down Ohio State in overtime. That game was an absolute thriller. Um, Illinois and just able to take down Ohio State in a very, very good game. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be Illinois-Michigan. Obviously, Ohio State had took down Michigan in that semifinal game, though Michigan did lose Isaiah Livers with a stress fracture. Uh, I think he only played about 15 minutes in that semifinal um, in a very close game in that rivalry. But, yeah, uh, Illinois, they looked really good. They went up, I I think they went up by about 10 or 12, um, right down the stretch about the under eight. And I thought it was over. Um, And I turned on the... um, Turned on the uh, go- golf tournament. I can't remember, can't remember what golf tournament was this past. The I players. Cannot, I cannot believe it was, you turned off a game yes. to turn on a oh, I, tur- I was flipping back and yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll it's whatever. Slide, yeah. I mean, it's Sunday at the players. But yeah, um, I was flipping back and forth, and I kind of flipped back for a few minutes. And I flipped back, and all of a sudden, Ohio State had a two-point lead. and <laughs> So I kept it on there from then, obviously. But um, yeah, I mean, Illinois looked very, very good, down, um, at least in overtime. They were a little shaky down the stretch to let Ohio State kind of get back into that. And Ohio State, I think, actually had a couple chances to win in regulation. Um, and even to start overtime, Ohio State looked really good. They went up 4-5, or five, um, and then here came Illinois right back and ended up winning by, I believe, 7. So yeah, Illinois looking very strong going into the big dance, and uh, number one overall <laughs> seed, well-deserved this year, and We'll see if they can make a lot of noise in the tournament. I think they're going to make a little bit of a run here. Um, The Big 12, Texas and Oklahoma State. Texas able to take down Oklahoma State in a high-scoring affair. Matt Coleman scoring 30 points and Kate Cunningham scoring 29 for Oklahoma State. Uh, Really good game here. I told you guys last week on Monday, I said Oklahoma State is my dark horse in the Big 12. They got all the way there. They took down Baylor. They were able to take down West Virginia and Baylor to get there and then lose in a little bit of a heartbreaking fashion to Texas. But I really like, even though Texas won the Big 12 here, I really like Oklahoma State going into the tournament. No, I see what you're saying. Um, I love Texas going into that Big 12 tournament. I thought that three-guard lineup that they run is absolutely fantastic. Um, Obviously, they were in a very similar similar situation to Georgia Tech, where Kansas tested positive, similar to Virginia on last Friday before the semifinal games. Didn't even have to play, went in to play Oklahoma State, and that was a thriller of a game. It was very back and forth. Um, right there at the end when you thought Texas had it, here comes Kate Cunningham. He's just knocking out shot after shot after shot after shot. And come tournament time, yeah, I, I do agree with you. I do love Oklahoma State going into this. I think you need somebody that's going to be clutch if you want to go far in this tournament, and Kate Cunningham has definitely proven that. Anywhere on the floor that you need a shot with no no matter how much time is left, he's just going to take it and he's probably going to make it. Yeah, he's proving that he is the number one overall selection most likely in this upcoming NBA draft. And uh, 
like you said in the tournament, you need some time. So a lot of times you're gonna need a guy down the stretch to make shots, and uh, Kay Cunningham is that guy for Oklahoma State. Uh, moving on to the SEC, Alabama over LSU in another thriller. Alabama taking the game by one point. LSU had a chance at the end to win, and uh, this is gonna be one of those things where I always say you gotta take it to the basket. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think that was a oh, that was a terrible shot watching that game. Um, but yeah, um, Alabama. I don't think it's surprising. I think they were pretty much the heavy favorite going into the tournament. I was surprised, honestly, how well LSU stayed in that game and how good they did look because they were not a big name coming in this year. I don't think they – I think they were, what, a five seed? Right, yeah, Or a five yeah. seed in, even so. in the SEC tournament. I don't think they had a ton of noise. Um, but Will Waves is just getting it done. And Nate Oates getting it done in year two at Alabama. I think that's fantastic for Alabama fans. Now Alabama is a football and a basketball school, which is absolutely terrifying to anybody that likes either of those sports. Yeah, Alabama, obviously football we've always known them for, but now becoming a basketball school, very scary and uh, not a lot of fun, honestly, if they could dominate both sports. So yeah. maybe maybe they can cool off just a little bit, their Jets over there. Uh, moving on to the Pac-12 with our another upset, another bid stealer here, Oregon State taking down Colorado in the championship game. Yeah, that was a massive surprise. Neither of us had Oregon State doing anything no. going into last week. If you listen to... The last podcast, um, yeah, I mean, they came in there and they stole the heart of, they probably stole the bit of a team that we both like and we'll get to later on, but um, yeah, I mean, Oregon State over Colorado, I mean, it's great for the Pac-12 because obviously it didn't really affect Colorado's seed um, in the NCAA tournament and they're getting another team in um, to make it through four, I guess, actually with UCLA getting into five UC, right. but um yeah, I mean, it's great for the Pac-12. They're going to get more national attention, which is something they desperately need because they do not get it during conference play since they decide to have their games at 11 o'clock our time. So, I mean, I think it's great for Oregon State. They didn't look good in their se- or their regular season finale. I watched them play Oregon in a rivalry, and Oregon just blew them out of the water at Oregon State. So I think it'll be interesting to see. I doubt they'll do much in the tournament, but they're obviously on the heater right now. Yeah, it's definitely going to be. It's always fun to watch these conference championship teams that aren't supposed to make the tournament. See what they can actually do in the big dance because, you know, a lot of times they can make a little bit of noise, and you know, it's fun to see some upsets, especially uh, when it comes to turning time. Uh, moving on to the MAAC, our guy Coach P and Iona taking down Fairfield. Coach P and his Iona team able to make the tournament and uh, get that automatic bid with a huge win over Fairfield. His first year at Iona and already getting it done. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously we got to put this in here because obviously we both did work for Coach Patino. He is an awesome guy to work for. Um, he is a fantastic coach. I think he's proven it time after time. I think people kind of let what happens off the court kind of overshadow what he does on the court. And I think this year he's fully proven um, what exactly he can do on the court. Iona had the longest period or like longest dead period for COVID of any team in Division One college basketball at 51 straight days without participation. They then went on to have another 20 day one. So the fact that you can basically be missing 70 days without being able to practice with your team, you go on into your conference tournament and you win completely to send them to the big dance in your first season. That is incredible for what he has done for that program. Oh, absolutely. And just shows you, you know, he is a Hall of Fame coach and shows you he's able to adapt to the situations that he's been put in. And uh, like you said, with that 70 days basically without your team, you're going to have to do different strategies. You're going to have to come up with different ideas to do things over Zoom or Skype or whatever they were using. And uh, 
it shows you that he was able to do that, work with his staff really well, and get his players motivated for a tournament run. And uh, they might make some noise. I know they're going to they're 15 seed in the tournament. I think they play Alabama. Yeah, and they we'll, do. And that's we'll, going to be a tough matchup, be a tough for, matchup them. for them. But um, I, I, I'm very excited to watch that game. Yeah, I think it's great to have him back in the big dance. Oh, absolutely. It's great for college basketball as a whole. Uh, moving on to the Mountain West. San Diego State was able to come out and beat Utah State. San Diego State had a scare early in the Mountain West Conference Tournament, almost losing to Wyoming uh, in their first game, but able to kind of put it, pull it together and uh, take down Utah State, who's another tournament team uh, this year. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, it's very similar. To, I think it's what we talked about in our last one, where our last show, where a lot of teams in the first game, they, they, the favorites did come out a little shaky. I think a lot of them were overshadowing their opponent obviously San Diego State did work their way through that and they looked very very good against Utah State who is also another tournament team um, but that San Diego State was is a team that I think it's really great to get them in the dance this year they were a team that could have done a lot of damage last year had there been a tournament um, similar to a Dayton but obviously with nothing happening it's really good to see a San Diego State get in this year and try and see if they can do something yeah I'm actually really excited to watch the San Diego State team they are I will get to that in a second with the seed. I'm kind of forgetting right now. I think they're a six, maybe? Six seed. Yeah, I think, I think they play so. Syracuse. But uh, we'll get to that in a second. But I'm really excited to see the San Diego State team in the tournament. Um, our last conference was the A-10. St. Bonaventure getting the win over VCU and clinching that automatic. And St. Bonnie playing LSU, I think they're gonna, they might actually win that game. I, mean, I think they have a pretty good chance. I think it was great to see St. Bonaventure back into the tournament again. Uh, that conference feels like it's been dominated by VCU and Dayton over the last decade, really. Um, so seeing St. Bonaventure get back in, I think, is great. Uh, did you watch any of that game? Uh, I didn't. I was not able to see there, much of that game. There was a moment where a VCU player threw the ball straight at Ed Bonnie's head. No. I, wow, that's right. <laughs> it was wild to watch uh, on replay once I saw the video later on. But yeah, that was not what you want to see. And I, Is VCU a tournament team, too? I think they're a 10 seed, aren't they? Uh, I think they are. I, obviously, we'll get to that later. But yeah, I mean, once again, that's another conference that's a mid-major, and they're getting multiple teams in other than their automatic qualifier. Um, for those kinds of conferences, that's absolutely great to see. Um, that's what college basketball is all about. And um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just great for the Bonnies. Absolutely. And uh, it'll be fun to watch them play. I think they can make a little bit of noise in the tournament. Um we are going to move on to our NCAA tournament bracket reveal. Uh, we're going to go through pretty quickly uh, the entire bracket and just kind of give a couple thoughts on each game. And on Thursday, we'll actually go through, and me and Rocky will both pick our brackets live on here for you guys so you guys know exactly who we are rocking with uh, for the tournament. But we're going to get started with Thursday. We have the first four games. We got Texas Southern versus Mount St. Mary's. Uh, any comments on that game? No, I think it's great to see Texas Southern back in. I think it's the. I don't know if they got back in when they were with Mike Davis. I know we played them when uh, they had Mike Davis as their head coach. Right. They were. I mean, we, I think we did win, but I mean, they were a pretty good team then. Very I believe strong they, team. Yeah, they won their conference a couple of years ago. So I think it's really good to see them back in. I don't think it's surprising to see. Um, did you say Mount St. Mary's. Mount St. Mary's. Yes. Yeah, I think it's good to see them back in it again. Um, two mid majors going at it in that first four. Um, and two 16 seeds that are gonna whoever the winner of that game is gonna end up playing Michigan. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, that's a yeah, it's a tough I, that's yeah, a tough draw. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we got two 11 seeds. We got Drake versus Wichita State. Uh, this one is gonna be an interesting matchup. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think Wichita State was basically the last team by, um, realistically. Um, Drake was another team that we kind of thought the other day that would kind of win their conference. Um, obviously, they didn't. Right. Um, but that, so, and that's, that kind of goes for both those teams. They were teams that were really projected to win their conferences and didn't end up doing it. They still snuck in. They're actually going to be playing each other. Um, so I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of good to see. I, I really hope uh, Isaiah Brown can do something with Wichita State, kind of continue that first year magic. Obviously, they weren't able to do it in their conference tournament. Hopefully, they'll be able to get into their uh, actual tournament and get it done. Exactly. Uh, moving on, we have two 16 seeds going at it. It is Appalachian State versus Norfolk State. Uh, one of those interesting games where uh, you get whoever wins that game gets to play Gonzaga, who is the favorite in the tournament this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's never what you want to see. Um, I do like App State, though. I think they're very good. Um, I haven't seen a ton of Norfolk State this year. Obviously, that's a really tough matchup. You're basically going up against the favorite two win the entire thing. Um, so no matter what happens in that first four game, it's going to be difficult. But, I mean, I, I really do like App State. Yeah, I like App State to take, off, take out Norfolk State there as well. And moving on to our last and probably the best first four game we've probably ever had, UCLA versus Michigan State. Uh, Mick Cronin versus Tom Izzo. Can you really ask for a better nightcap on Thursday? No, I don't think you can. I think that's a little bit of a surprise. Obviously, Michigan State was basically out the entire year, um, and they didn't do anything in the Big Ten tournament either, but I think it was those final two weeks of the regular season that snuck them in when they beat 3-4 and 5 uh, in the AP poll. Um, I think that kind of snuck them in, and I think UCLA barely getting in. They didn't do anything in their conference tournament either, but they looked pretty good all year long. Um, yeah, I mean, Cronin versus Izzo, I'm probably going to take Izzo. I think Michigan State has a pretty good team. I think it's kind of like a lot of the other Blue Bloods this year. Where they've just been struggling to put it together um, as a whole. Um, so hopefully they'll be able to do a little something this week um, through practices, and um, I guess we'll see them Thursday night and see what can happen. Yeah, it's going to be a great way to uh, start off the tournament. I love the first four games. I'm really glad that the NCAA has continued to keep that in there. I think it's a lot of fun to see, you know, not just 64 teams, but 68. I know it's a lot of teams, and some people don't like it, but I'm a huge f proponent of it because a lot of times we get to these last four teams, and there's a couple teams you'd like to see play each other to see if they'd actually get in, and we actually get to have that opportunity. Uh, moving on to the actual tournament tournament that starts Friday. I know we're all excited. No, I cannot wait. For, it's still wild that Friday. it's Friday through Monday and not Thursday through I know, Sunday for then, me. I honestly didn't even know that until last week when they were about to reveal the bracket. And I think it was I think it was you that we were yeah. talking about it the other night, and um, the fact that we're actually going to get to have um, some, some games, but we won't be missing a ton when we record our Thursday show. So I think it's it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be weird when you're so used to it being this way. But actually, I think I kind of like it this way. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Um, I won't be able to give you my full opinion until probably Tuesday because um, <laughs> I, I just have to kind of see how it is. I, I did like the Thursday through Sunday, but we'll see if uh, this new one works even even better. Uh, we're going to start off with the West region. We have Gonzaga versus the winner of that Norfolk State and Appalachian State game. Uh, we're not doing our picks today, but I don't think there's really a lot to say here. If the Zags don't win this, then uh, I don't even know what to say at that point. Yeah, I mean, I think Gonzaga was the clear and obvious favorite um, as the number one overall seed coming in. Uh, they went undefeated. They did have that scare against BYU in the West Coast Conference Championship game. Um, they survived it, though. Um, and they're looking to do something that hasn't been done since 1976 when the Hoosiers went undefeated and won the championship. And I think it's very... Um, 
it's not done yet, so I don't want to say it's poetic, but I think it's very interesting how the first chance really to actually do this without the Duke and Kentucky and Louisville in the tournament, which was also that same year, 1976, was the last time uh, for two of those teams. Um, that's happening in the state of Indiana. So we'll see how we'll see how it plays out, but I think it's very interesting. Yeah, the Zags are definitely the uh, heavy betting favorite and the heavy favorite for most people filling out brackets this year to uh, take on uh, that championship role and be able to get that undefeated season. So we'll see if they're able to pull that off. But uh, moving on to the eight and nine seed in this West region, we got Oklahoma. Sorry, <laughs> versus uh, Missouri. Uh, two really strong teams. Oklahoma had a great season, but started to fall apart at the very end. Missouri just kind of been up and down all year. They always they were cracking into the top twenty five, getting up in the mm-hmm. rankings, and then they would lose a bad one. Um, so definitely going to be an interesting matchup between those two teams. Yeah, uh, I thought Oklahoma was a pretty good team all year long. They have the pieces. Um, they have a lot of talent on that roster, but obviously it was just it's it very similar to a lot of other teams. It came together in some games and it didn't. Obviously in the Big Twelve tournament, they didn't do anything. Um, you know, Missouri was like you said, they were up and down. Um, watching them is wild to watch. It seems like half of them have never played basketball before. And all the, <laughs> like there's just passes going everywhere. Nothing looks like it's going right. And all of a sudden, it's a three-pointer. It makes no sense whatsoever. Um, it's very fun to watch. Um, but yeah, there. I obviously we're not doing picks. But um, I think that is going to be a very good matchup. I think um, for people that are betting and making picks, I think it's probably pretty close to 50-50. Um, I think that's a great matchup for the first round. Yeah, it'll be a really fun one to watch and uh, excited whenever this gets started. Uh, the five seed in this region, we have Creighton for taking on the 12 seed UCSB. Uh, Creighton losing in the Big East Championship against Georgetown while UCSB winning the Big West Conference. Uh, the Gauchos, as they are called at UCSB. Uh, I think this is actually going to be a very close game. I know the 12-5 has always been a matchup for people to watch in the tournament. A lot of people love to pick the 12 seeds over the 5 seeds, and uh, I think this one is going to be a very tight game. Yeah, uh, I think it's like you said. Um, 12 seed, People love to pick the 12 over the 5. Uh, not making picks, but I would probably agree in this instance. I think you, the Gauchos are looking fantastic. I know they had an injury in their championship game. I believe I saw earlier um, that he will be good to go for this first round game against Creighton. Creighton did look pretty shaky um, towards the end of the regular season. Uh, they didn't look super great during the Big East tournament. Uh, they didn't look good at all in that final. So uh, I think that is going to be a game to keep an eye on. Um, I think it's a very, very good matchup. And I think that is one where you're looking at the tournament and that could be one of the first big upsets. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that is definitely one to keep your eye on uh, during the tournament and when you guys are filling out your brackets. Uh, our next one is your University of Virginia versus Ohio. A lot of people like Ohio in this game. Um, I know Jay Billis came out about, I think it was today, that he picked Ohio uh, to come out of that game. And You know, I, I do like Ohio. I'm kind of blanking on the guy, uh, their number one player right now. I know, that, that, their point guard. Their he point is guard. very, very good. Yeah, right. I remember I watched him um, earlier this year uh, in a game that Ohio had. Jason Preston, yes. yes. Jason Preston. Yeah, he, he is definitely the heart and soul very, of their very team. Good. Yeah, and if, it'll be interesting, um, obviously, that UVA defense is very good. If they can shut Ohio down, then obviously that's gonna, probably going to be a pretty big issue because I highly doubt that Ohio plays anybody like that all year long in their conference. Right. Um, I think the, another big issue is, you know, UVA had to pull out of the ACC tournament last Friday because of a positive 
they aren't traveling to Indianapolis until Thursday for the is it a Friday or, or yeah sorry they're not they traveling Saturday. yeah so they're not traveling until Friday for their Saturday game um, because I think most players wouldn't clear protocols until Thursday I think that's I don't know if that's just playing it close to their chest I don't know how they're gonna go about this um, what the issues will be if something happens between now and when they're supposed to arrive in Indy and if they can't even get to Indy what ha- I, I assume Ohio just moved on <clears throat> um, due to the rules but. I think it's going to be very interesting. I, I, I think as long as they can show up, I think it probably probably will be Virginia. But um, Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to watch. Uh, definitely one of those things while you're filling out brackets. Make sure you guys are checking in on those COVID situations, like you said, because Virginia is traveling late yeah. to Indianapolis, and uh, they could be having some COVID problems as they're of their own with who they're going to be able to play in that game. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's going to be a very interesting game. It is one of the night games on Saturday, so... I'm definitely going to have that on. I'll have all these games on, but definitely... Uh, have Marsh, my, you watch every game. Exactly, have my eyes on those, that one specifically. Our next game is USC as a six seed versus number 11, either Wichita State or Drake winner. Uh, I think USC should win that game. Uh, I know we're not making picks, but <laughs> I do like the Pac-12 in that instance with USC. I don't really like Wichita State or Drake as of late. Um, Drake is still not fully healthy yet, and Wichita State did not look good in their conference tournament. So um, I think I really do like USC in that game. I agree with you. I think USC being a six seed is actually really good for the Trojans. Um, They've obviously struggled um, over the last few years. Um, I believe they were just in the NIT two years ago. Uh, I don't want to be 100%, but I don't believe they've made the tournament in the last four or five years. and so for them, I think, to be a six seed, and they didn't even win their own conference. Obviously, Oregon State won it, and they were a 12 seed, but Oregon was the regular season champion, and they were only a seven seed. Um, so I think it's really great for USC to be where they are. I agree with you. I don't think that they're going to have that big of an issue until their second round. Um, but I think it'll definitely depend on the draw and how those two teams look in that first four game on Thursday. Yeah, definitely going to be a uh, interesting draw. And, you know, like we told you guys before, whenever we were – working with our programs this is one of those things where you have to be cutting multiple games of film and making sure you guys have every single aspect of your game ready because you just don't know who you're going to play you can only make so many predictions in march and when you got two teams like this you got to prepare for both of them equally so uh, definitely an interesting situation for those teams that do play the play-in teams Uh, moving on to number three seed kansas taking on eastern washington Kansas is another one of those teams with COVID problems yep. and uh, another one of those teams where you're just going to have to look and see who are they bringing and who are they not bringing. Yeah, yeah it looked like um, all but three players did travel with them to Indianapolis yesterday. Um, I believe David McCormack is one of the ones that was back, and I believe Jalen Wilson was also the big one that just came out, I think it was yesterday, um, that he was not traveling yesterday with the team. Um, though I do believe Bill Self did say both would be coming in later this week, I believe Thursday or Friday. They're both supposed to be flying in on their own um, to rejoin Kansas. I don't know that they'll be playing right away on Saturday. Um, obviously, I don't think McCormick has practiced and hasn't played in a week or so because he didn't even go to the Big 12 tournament, did he? No, I don't think so. Yeah, so he hasn't even been with the team really in two weeks. Um, so I don't know if we're going to see him right out the back on Saturday if they even get to go. Um, but, I mean, Kansas still looked very, very good. Um Obviously, they didn't win the the Big 12 um, because they had to withdraw. They didn't even get a chance, really. 
Um, so we don't know what they would have done against Texas. We don't know how that game would have gone, if they would have ended up winning the Big 12. But I do like Kansas going forward as long as they can be fully healthy. Yeah, I really do like Kansas in this one. And uh, I think it's definitely going to be an interesting one to uh, kind of figure out if who's playing for Kansas. And I, I don't think Eastern Washington should give them too much trouble. Uh, but we'll definitely have to keep an eye on that one for sure. Um, the next game is the number seven seed Oregon taking on VCU. Uh, Oregon has been hot as of late. Surprising that they weren't able to win the Pac-12 championship. In my opinion, I had them picked as the uh, winner. But uh, I do like Oregon in this game over VCU. I know we're not making picks, but for the first round, I think we kind of can to an extent. And I do like Oregon in this one. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Oregon was really both of our favorites to win the big or the win the Pac-12. Um, VCU obviously did look great against the Bonnies in their championship game. They've had their issues. Um, similar to Oregon, I think if Oregon has any chance to do anything this tournament, they're really going to have to get Will Richardson and Chris Duarte going. Um, when it's just one of them going off, it doesn't seem like the other one's doing much, and it doesn't seem like they're winning that much. But when you can put the two and two together um, as the two X factors, uh, I think Oregon has the chance to make a run. I don't hate their draw. Um, pretty much until they would get to the Elite Eight against Gonzaga. So um, It's good for the Pac-12. I mean, to have Oregon and USC in the same region kind of sucks if you're a Pac-12 yeah. fan because, um, you know, you see them play all the time and they may end up actually playing each other in this tournament. But uh, like you said, I really do like Oregon to make a little bit of a run in this tournament and potentially be playing uh, the Zags in the Elite Eight. Um, our last teams to wrap up this West region, the number two seed, Iowa, taking on the number 15 seed, Grand Canyon University. I know me and you know Grand Canyon well from yeah. um, when we were at Louisville and we played Grand Canyon, and they have an electric arena whenever they're ha whenever games are normal and they have a home game. I, I, I think Iowa is a good team this year. Garza has been okay as of late. Hasn't been fantastic. His, yep. his defense has definitely been struggling. You guys were able to see that in the tournament. I, I just I think I will win this game, but I don't see them making a very far run in the tournament. Yeah, I think it's I think it is going to be an actually a pretty good matchup. It's like you said, we do know Grand Canyon pretty well. That was actually my first road trip here at Louisville. Um, was to Grand Canyon, and that was just wild from what I was what I was used to. That atmosphere is awesome. I think it's great to see what's uh, Bryce Drew. Sorry. Not Scott Drew. Bryce Drew has done in his first year at Grand Canyon, um, taking him to the tournament. I think that's what a lot of Vanderbilt fans are probably wondering, is why couldn't you do that in the SEC with us? But uh, I think it's great for the Antelopes. Um, and it's like you said with Iowa. They are struggling. They did not look great in the Big Ten tournament. They did get Joe Weiskamp back during that tournament, so that is great news for them. Um, and he looked phenomenal against Iowa the other day, or Illinois. But... Um, Connor McCaffrey has not looked great for Iowa all year long, and I think if Iowa is going to be that Final Four team, they're going to need him to step up and do something. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting thing to see with Iowa and see if they're actually able to step up to the plate this year and actually make a run in the tournament. I personally am not a big believer in Iowa, but um, they might be able to prove me wrong. Um, our next one, we're going to go to, let's just go down east. Go east. Yeah, we got Michigan versus the winner of the Mount St. Mary's and Texas Southern game. Uh, there's not really a lot I really even need to say here, I don't think. I think Michigan should take this easily. Yeah, um, I think Michigan being a one seed was a bit surprising to me. Um, 
I thought Alabama may have deserved it more just by winning the SEC title and Michigan not even making the Big Ten championship. Um, but I think it's great for Dwan Howard and what he's done up there. Um, we did talk a little bit last week about injuries with Michigan. Eli Brooks did play over the weekend, but they, then they did lose Isaiah Livers to a stress fracture in his foot. I know they said that he's beginning rehab immediately. I doubt that we're going to see him throughout the tournament, no matter how far Michigan goes, and that's a brutal hit for them. Uh, without Isaiah Livers, I don't know that Michigan's going to make it past... I don't know that they could even make it past an LSU, maybe in the second round, if we're going to be realistic here. But, um, yeah, I, I think I don't think it's going to be much of a matchup, but I think we're going to have to wait and see what Michigan team we're going to get. Yeah, definitely going to be interesting to see how Michigan is able to bounce back from that and see what they're able to do in the tournament. Um, the number, the next game is number eight seed LSU versus number nine St. Bonaventure. Oh, yeah. That is going to be a fantastic game. Uh I really don't know which way I'm really swinging here. LSU with a fantastic performance in the SEC tournament, and then St. Bonaventure obviously winning their conference as well. Um, I'm very excited for this game. I, I really don't really have a pick yet um, on my side, and I'm interested to see how this one really shakes out. Yeah, um, Will Wade is just awesome. I love Will Wade. Um, I love LSU. Um, but like you said, the Bonnies are playing really, really well. I think this is going to be a game that's going to be a ton of back and forth. There's probably going to be 10 to 15 different lead changes. It's going to be a lot of shooting. It's going to be a lot up and down on the court. I think it's going to be a really fun game to watch Saturday afternoon. It's an earlier game at 145. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it's going to be pretty close. This is a game that it's, it's going to be 90-92. It's going to be a lot. I I think it's going to be one of the most fun, fun games, at least on this side of the bracket, if not throughout the entire tournament. Yeah, I think one of these teams really could upset Michigan as well. So uh, I'm excited to see who wins that game, and I'm hoping I pick it right in my bracket. <laughs> um, moving on to the number five seed, Colorado, taking on number 12 seed, Georgetown. Colorado did not win the Pac-12 like a lot of people thought they would when they were playing in Oregon State. And uh, Georgetown did win the Big East by obliterating Creighton in the championship game. Another one of those twelve seed, five seed games, yeah. and I'm leaning towards Georgetown and Patrick Ewing here. Yeah, I mean, obviously they looked great during the Big East Championship. Colorado did not look good during the Pac-12 um, entire tournament. Really, Colorado did not look that great. And if we see the, those two teams play the way they did last week, I don't know that you're going to see Colorado making it out of this first game. They may be going back to Boulder a little early. Um, but Patrick Ewing has his guys playing right at the right time. Um, the fact that they're doing this after losing Mac McClung this offseason um, to Texas Tech, I think it speaks volumes. I think it's taken Ewing a little bit longer to turn this Georgetown program around than a lot of people would have hoped. I think he was one of the ones that was going to be on the hot seat, too. I think it would have been very hard to fire him because of all he has done for that school and program. But, um, yeah, I think, it's gonna be a, I think that might be another really, really good game on Saturday. That's another early one. Um, to be flipping back and forth between that and the LSU and Bonnie's, it's going to be a fun early Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I do think that Patrick Ewing was able to save his job a little bit for a couple more years and get himself off the hot seat uh, with making the tournament and winning the Big East. So we'll see if they're able to actually make a little bit of a run here. I, I do like them in this game. Our next one is Florida State versus UNC Green UNC Greensboro. Greensboro. Wow, I cannot talk. Um, UNC Greensboro. 
I do like them in this game. Uh, they Isaiah Miller is their point guard. He is he's very fun to watch. He's, an, he's a monster. Uh, he, he fits in. He would fit in very well with Florida State. He would. Uh, the biggest thing with this game is going to be size, and Florida State does have the size on UNC Greensboro. I feel like they always have size, size. When, yeah. when it comes to tournament time. Uh, I think this game is going to be closer than a lot of people think, but I think Florida State is going to be able to uh, scratch this one out. Yeah, obviously Florida State's coming off that heartbreaking loss to Georgia Tech in the ACC championship game. Um, after being crowned the champions last year, reigning ACC champions, good for you. Um, yeah, like you said, Isaiah Miller, when he was here earlier in Louisville this year and they were playing, um, he was really fun to watch. and He was very fun to watch through their conference tournament as well. I do think it is going to be a closer game than people think. I think Florida State's going to have to go away um, from what they typically do if they want to be successful against UNC Greensboro. They're going to have to pound it into the post a lot more. They're not going to be able to do a lot of the perimeter shooting that they are used to because I think UNC guards can stay with the Florida State guards. But I don't know that anybody's going to be able to uh, guard uh, Balsa underneath. Yeah, I, I definitely think Florida State's high defense is going to be huge in this game. And uh... Is going to give is what is going to give them the edge over a mid-major team like UNC Greensboro. Yeah, our uh, next game is number six seed BYU versus the winner of the Michigan State UCLA play-in game. I'm going to go with Michigan State's winning that game, and if I'm going with that, I'm going with Michigan State taking down BYU as well. I really like Michigan State in March, and uh, I, I just not not enough confidence in this BYU team in my opinion I think you're wrong uh, I think BYU is playing really really well I think they proved that against the number one seed in their conference tournament they looked very very good they realistically had Jalen Suggs not taken over that game BYU would be the West Coast Conference champion and you'd probably be seeing Illinois as the number one overall seed currently um, but I, I do see what you're saying um uh, you know, I, I, I don't think the the Michigan State or UCLA team is whoever comes out of that. I don't think they're particularly good enough to play with BYU. Uh, I think Mark Pope has done an absolutely fantastic job there. I think that he will definitely outcoach McCronin if he gets there. Obviously, Tim o- t- t- You good? <laughs> yeah, having a stroke over here. Tom Izzo, not Tim there Izzo. Thinking Tim Miles. Tom Izzo uh, is a better coach than Mark Pope. But I think that BYU has the talent, um, especially on the perimeter, to just get it done against anybody. And I think that their second-round matchup against more than likely Texas, which we're going to get to now, um, will be a great game. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I cannot trust the West Coast Conference. I know Gonzaga's in there, and they've made runs. Boo. But BYU, I just don't trust them. I trust Michigan State and their competition against the Big Ten over BYU and their competition in the West Coast. No offense to anybody that it's a West Coast conference. What do you have against the West Coast? Is it because Gonzaga is just so good year in and year out you don't like them? I do. I don't mind the Zags. (laughs) I just just don't think that BYU – I know they gave BYU – Gonzaga a run for their money in the conference championship, but I I just would pick Michigan State over them if, if that ends up being the matchup. But we'll see. We'll see who's right about that one. Uh, moving on, it's Texas versus Abilene Christian University. Uh, Texas is the number three seed, and Abilene Christian is the number 14 seed. Uh, I think this game is going to be a lot closer than people think. I know Texas won the Big 12, and which is big for them, and uh, Shaka Smart has them rolling into the tournament, but I, I, I just have a weird feeling about... I don't know if they'll necessarily win the game, but I think it's definitely going to be one of those games where Texas gets... A shot to the mouth, and they're gonna have to respond. 
Yeah, um, I agree. I think te- Texas, it, they are really I, – I do love that three-guard lineup that they do go with. I think it is absolutely awesome for Shaka Smart to be a three-seed to win the Big 12 um, when boosters and fans have been calling for his head for two straight seasons now. They didn't have any fans at all last year before COVID. I, that, that arena was bare empty. Uh, fans were basically protesting for Shaka Smart to get fired. They trusted with him for another year. And I think this is why you give a lot of these younger coaches a little bit more time to prove it. I don't think you can give them the two and three and four years that you used to be able to give. Um, I think Texas is the better team. I do agree that it might be a little back and forth. I think it's travesty that this game is on the exact same time as that BYU game and 10-minute difference, and Gonzaga is actually on only 30 minutes before this. So that's a lot to watch all at once. Um, But... I agree. I do think Texas has what it takes to make a pretty deep run into this tournament. I think they even have what it takes to get to a Final Four. Yeah, I mean, I think Texas will take this game. I just think, you know, a lot of you guys out there who are watching, just make sure you keep an eye on this one because I think Abilene Christian will be uh, keeping it close. Uh, moving on to the next game, it is number seven, UConn, taking on number 10, Maryland. I uh, really like UConn. I know they didn't win the Big East. They lost to Creighton, which was very surprising to me. Uh, and then Creighton gets smacked by Georgetown. It's March Madness, as we all know. Uh, but I do like UConn in this game. I think Maryland's a strong team, but I, I just don't see them taking down a UConn. Yeah, I agree. I didn't pay much attention to Maryland. I can honestly say this year I never really heard much about them. I didn't even know they were going to be a tournament team until pretty much over the weekend. Um, but, yeah, I think we talked. We both talked pretty highly about UConn last Thursday. I think we both had them as our Big East champion. Obviously, they didn't even get to the championship. Um, but I agree with you. I think UConn has the power. I think they have a little bit better coaching. Um, I think that's a great coaching matchup, though, between Turgeon and Hurley. Um, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, prime time on Saturday at 710. Uh, I feel like most people are probably going to be tuned into that. Um, but I think, I think I, I honestly can see that one going either way. Yeah, definitely going to be a close one, um, and I just kind of like UConn in that matchup. Um, our, our last one to wrap up is number two seed Alabama versus our guy that we worked for, Coach Patino in Iona. Alabama, obviously the heavy favorite here, uh, definitely going to be the team that most likely moves on here. Definitely a tough draw for Coach Patino and Iona, but I do like it is the tournament though, and you never know what's going to happen, and. Uh, I'm going to be pulling for Coach P and Iona in this game, and I think it'll be a lot closer than the spread, I think, is 16.5 or 17 points is what Alabama's favored by, and I think Iona is definitely going to keep that a little bit closer. Yeah, uh, I think Iona played very, very well during their conference tournament. Obviously, so did Alabama because they won uh, the SEC, but Iona looked really, really good. Um, Every single game... They get up and down very, very well. They defend incredibly well, which obviously we know Coach Patino is all about. is about his defense, and don't worry about his offense later. Um, and I think that could prove to be an issue for Alabama. Alabama does seem to be a little loosey-goosey with the ball um, when they have it. So if you can play some lockdown D for a half, it, it, may, it may cause issues for Alabama that they may not be able to get out of in the second half. Um, to give Iona at least a chance to keep it close, if not even potentially win that game. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a fun one. I know it's a 15 seed versus a 2 seed, and a lot of people will just overlook that, but uh, definitely keep your TV on for that one because I think Coach P may, may make it interesting. Uh, moving on to the South region, we got Baylor 
number one overall seed in that region versus number sixteen seeded Hartford. I, I, uh, one of the, another one of those games <laughs> where I don't know if there's much that needs to be said here. I see. I disagree. I think Hartford looked very, very well. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think they looked great this past weekend. Um, I, I do like Baylor. I love Scott Drew. I think what he's done down there, especially with Mikhail Teague. I think they are a fantastic team. I think they were very early on um, Final Four favorite. I think they got a pretty rough draw in the tournament. Um, they are going to have to go through a lot to even be into the Final Four, so um, they're a team to watch, at least. I think Hartford will give them a run for their money. I don't think Hartford's going to win, um, but I do think Hartford is going to keep it a little bit closer than um, people are going to give them credit for. Yeah, I, I think it may be a closer game. Baylor has definitely been struggling since they had their COVID break. And they haven't been able to get that groove back together. So we'll see if they're able to pull it together against Hartford. I think, like you said, it's going to be closer. But I would be very surprised if uh, Baylor wasn't able to pull that one out. Yep. Uh, moving on to the next one. North Carolina, the 8 seed versus Wisconsin, the 9 seed. Really like North Carolina in this game. North Carolina has been hot since the new year. Wisconsin has been going the other way for the last few weeks. It feels like Wisconsin can't seem to pull it together. I really like the ACC, and I like North Carolina in this matchup over Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, I think it's what we get for doubting Roy Williams all season long. Uh, all of a sudden, they come out, they blow out a local team coming off a COVID pause, and all of a sudden, there's win, 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 win. Um, and they look, they look like they're playing really, really good. Obviously, it started with uh, Walker Kessler and Armando Baycott down low. Those guys are playing phenomenal, and Caleb Love has really stepped up as a freshman. Um, on both sides of the court, really. Uh, a lot of people knew him for his offense coming in, and that's pretty much all he did until about mid-January. All of a sudden, he started playing some lockdown D um, and really frustrating teams, whether they're driving through the paint or out on the perimeter. I think Wisconsin doesn't look that great currently. They didn't look great against Penn State the other night in the Big 12 tournament, or, yeah, Big 10 tournament. Big 10, yeah. Um, so I'm with you. I think UNC is a team that is going to be scary next week or later on this week, I guess. Um, that's a team that can make a run, and I think they can make one that's pretty deep given uh, their opponents. I think that matchup between them and Bigelow in the second round is going to be really, really good. Yeah, I definitely think North Carolina is poised to make some noise in this tournament, and uh, it starts off with them taking down Wisconsin. Um, our next one is the number 5 seeded Villanova taking on a number 12 seed Winthrop. This is another 12-5 game where I really am going to start siding with the 12 seeded here, Winthrop. Uh, Winthrop has had a fantastic season this year. Villanova has been riddled with injuries, lost in their opening game of the Big East tournament. I just really like Winthrop in this game. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Pat Kelsey's done. Uh, I think I said it last week. Pat Kelsey's done a phenomenal job at Winthrop. It seems like he's always in the tournament um, with that team. I do agree. I mean, I think it sucks for Villanova. I think they had a very good team coming in. They were a little up and down all year. They've had some issues. Um, They've had the injuries, obviously, of recent. I don't know that Justin Moore is going to be playing for them. Uh, we saw what happened in the Big East tournament without Justin Moore and Colin Gillespie. If both of them are, obviously, we know Colin's out. But if Justin Moore is still out again this week, I don't know that you're going to see Villanova. I don't think you're going to see him in Indianapolis longer than uh, Friday afternoon. So I, I agree with you. I think Winthrop is a really good team here in that 12-5 matchup. Yeah, and, and this is the South has probably the toughest region, I think, in I this tournament far, as well. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we have the number four seed, Purdue, taking on a number 13 seeded University of North Texas. Purdue came back in their Big Ten tournament and almost beat Ohio State in that Should've really close matchup. Uh, but I think 
Purdue is poised to make a little bit of some noise in this tournament, and uh, I think they'll be able to take down North Texas in this game. Then go the opposite way. I think right. North Texas looks pretty good. They upset the number one seed, uh, Western. Western Kentucky, in overtime in the Conference USA Final. Uh, I thought they looked pretty damn good through the Conference USA Tournament. Um, I think Purdue is on a bit of a downslope. They they didn't look that great against Ohio State the other night. I don't know what that says. Obviously, with Ohio State almost winning the Big Big Ten Tournament and being a two seed, but um, I think that's another potential for for an upset right there. Um, and you could be seeing the 13 versus the 12 and Winthrop versus North Texas in that second round game come uh, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, honestly, I would love that as a person that just loves upsets in the tournament, but uh, I. I think Purdue will be able to get it together and uh you know we'll see who's, who's right about this but I really do like uh Purdue in this game uh the next one we have is the Texas Tech Red Raiders as a number six seed versus the number 11 seed Utah State uh I really like Texas Tech I think they've started to really pu- put it on as of late they almost took down Texas who a lot of people have been saying is their odds on favorite to make the final four out of that east region so I think Texas Tech uh, should be able to do well in this tournament, and I like them at that six seed. Uh, this is going to be a great game. Uh, 145 on Friday. You're basically kicking off the tournament. I think both of these teams are playing pretty well. Uh, Utah State obviously losing to San Diego State in their conference final. Um, I'm a big Utah State fan. Um, but I, I think it's like you said, Chris Beard has these guys going at the right time. Uh, first half of the year, they were pretty shaky. They were up and down. And there was a time where they didn't even look like a tournament team when the year first started. So um, to see the way that they are playing currently, I think the biggest issue coming in for Texas Tech is going to be the rumors, um, obviously, of him potentially being a candidate for Indiana. And while they're already in the state and playing right down the road, I don't know what that's going to do to a team with those kind of rumors around, if there's any truth to them at all anyways. But um, I think that's definitely something that can mess with their head. But I, I agree with you. I think Texas Tech may is a team, as hard as that South region is, they are a team that could at least see the Sweet 16. Yeah, and Texas Tech in the tournament is dangerous. We all remember the last tournament that we were able to watch. Texas Tech did make it to the final. So uh, we'll see if they're able to make some more Cinderella noise this year. Uh, our next one is number three-seeded Arkansas versus number 14 seeded Colgate. This is a matchup where a lot of people, I, I, I don't think they realize how good a, a Colgate team this is. I think they're able to use their high scoring ability. I mean, Arkansas is a high scoring team as well, but Colgate only lost one game the entire season, and that was in January. This team has been on a roll. I know they're not in a big conference like the SEC, but I think they're gonna give Arkansas a run for their money in this game. Yeah. Uh... Uh, I think we obviously we both love Eric Musselman in Arkansas. Um, I think they're a little overhyped. I don't I don't want to say that they're they're a fraud, um, but I do think that they are being brought up a little bit high. I think Oklahoma State is a better team than they are. But right, I would um, agree. I agree with you. Colgate has had a phenomenal season. I think there are a ton of people that are overlooking this game. It's basically one of the first games off again um, at twelve forty five on Friday. I think it's gonna be a very very close game. I. Like I said, with North Texas and Purdue, I think it's another chance for a 14-3 upset um, that people are kind of overlooking. I think it's another chance that you're going to see um, a 14 seed advancing to the second round. Yeah, and I, I think this is one that definitely you want to be keeping an eye on. I know it's a 3 versus 14 seed, but Colgate is definitely going to keep this one interesting. I don't know if we'll be able to pull off the upset, but definitely going to be a very, very tight game. Our next one is number 7 seeded Florida versus number 10 seed Vatek. 
I really like Vatek in this game. Florida did not look great in the SEC tournament, losing to Tennessee. And uh, Vatek, on the other hand, I just kind of like them and the whole team. I'm surprised they're a 10 seed, honestly. Yeah, I agree with you um, for once. Um, but like, yeah, Florida being a seven, I think that's extremely shocking. I didn't. Think I thought they that were, was a very generous. Yeah, seat. They did not look that great all year long. Year long, if anything, I think these should have been flipped um, to Virginia Tech being the seven seed. Virginia Tech played very, very well this year. They did struggle a little down the stretch, um, and they also had COVID issues to finish out the year when they missed a couple games. But yeah, I, I love Virginia Tech. I think Mike Young has done a fantastic job there, um, and only his second season since. Um, Old Buzz went down to Texas A&M and hasn't done anything. But it's the battle of the Mikes, Mike Young, Mike White. It's going to be interesting, but I, I think I think it's going to be the the upset that 10 over the 7. Yeah, and this is actually the first game of the tournament at 12-15 is the tip-off on Friday for that game. So uh, definitely going to be a fun one to watch. I know everybody will have their TV on for the first game of the tournament. Um, our next one is Ohio State versus Oral Roberts. Uh, Ohio State obviously gave Illinois a run for their money in the Big Ten Championship. I think they'll be able to take down this Oral Roberts team pretty easily, I, I would hope, um, for that Ohio State team because I think they have a good chance at making a run in this tournament and uh, making this South region that is even strong, even stronger by them uh, making a run at the Elite Eight. Yeah, um, Ohio State is definitely a favorite going in. Um, I was actually still surprised to see them as a two seed. They kind of struggled down the stretch this year, but they did play very, very well in that Big Ten tournament. Uh, I don't think Will Roberts is a matchup for most teams in this tournament. Uh, obviously, they did a very good job winning their conference this year to be here, um, but I don't think that's going to be an issue for Ohio State. I don't see them moving on. Yeah, I, th I think that one should be a pretty easy game and kind of one you could have on the background run. Ohio State kind of just takes it. Yep. Uh, and I do think for Ohio State, it is going to be interesting to see if they do have Kyle Young back. Um, he had a head contusion. I thought it was in the Big Ten championship game that he got hurt. I think so. It was yeah. in the semifinals. And he got, he, I know he got hurt and he didn't play um, the rest of the tournament. So I, I think if he's healthy, it's an Ohio State team to look out for. If he's hurt, isn't able to play, that. That could be... I don't think they lose to Oral Roberts, but I think they could be out a little bit earlier than most people think. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that one. Uh, we're going to move on to our last region. We have the Midwest region. We have the number one seed, Illinois, in this region taking on the number 16 seeded Drexel. Uh, Illinois is one of my favorites. I'll just give you a little insight for what I'm going to say on Thursday. They're one of my favorites to win this whole thing. I really like... Uh, the guard play at Illinois, I love the bigs down low. Kofi Coburn's one of my favorite players this year in college basketball. I think he's finally figured out his game. He realizes he's bigger than everybody else, and he can take whatever he wants in the paint. And uh, I don't think this is one that's going to be even close. But, uh, yeah, I just really love Illinois. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, they've been one of my favorites all year long. It's like you said, the guard play between Frazier and Io um, and Coburn down low, and even the emergence of Caballo. Um, he looked great in the Big Ten tournament. And him playing the way that he is, if he can continue that in, they are definitely one of the most dangerous teams in the entire tournament. Uh, I think they easily get by Drexel. Um, I don't know um, that Drexel's all that great this year. Um, I think they got a little lucky here and there. This is obviously an earlier on game at 1 o'clock on Friday, so I don't know how much it will be watched by a lot of people who are still at work. But um, I, I think yeah, I think that one's going to be one of the bigger blowouts of this tournament. Yeah, I don't think that one will be very close. And uh, that will move us on to... Our next game, it's the number eight seeded Loyola Chicago 
and the Sister Jeans versus number nine seeded Georgia Tech and the Josh Passners. Uh, I think this one is actually going to be a very close game. I kind of like Georgia Tech in this game. I think Loyola Chicago has had a very solid season. I mean, 24-4. and four, They've been able to dominate their conference for the most part. Drake is the only team in their conference that really gave them any sort of problems. Georgia Tech, on the other hand, a very hot team. They won the ACC, which ACC is not as good as it normally is this year, but still able to win the ACC tournament and uh, just been on a tear as of late. Yeah, um, obviously, Sister Jean is going to be in Indianapolis. She is fully vaccinated and has been cleared by the NCAA to come to the games. Um, but yeah, Loyola Chicago and Georgia Tech, I think it's going to be a great matchup. Um, I referred to it earlier. Georgia Tech did have a positive within their program. They have not released who it is. The rumor was on the down low that it was Jose Alvarado. If so, that is a massive hit to that team. He is the heart and soul. And if that is the case, I think Loyola Chicago cruises. Um, same if it's a Moses Wright or a um, oh, who's their other guard? Uh, Devoe. Yeah, Michael Devoe. Um, if it's one of those three, I think Georgia Tech's in real trouble. Um, if they get lucky and all the rumors are false and it's just a staff member or something, um, that's great news. And I do I do agree with you. I think Georgia Tech may get through this. I think they are on a little bit. They are on a huge roll actually. I think they're a little bit more of a team of destiny, similar to a Loyola Chicago of a couple years ago, just in a better conference. Um, Porter Moser has done a fantastic job. Same with Josh Passner. Um, I think Passner's probably safe. I think Porter Moser, after this year, is probably moving on to bigger and better, especially with the DePaul job opening up already in Chicago. So I think this is going to be a great game. Four o'clock, a lot of people are going to be off work on Friday. Um, I think the 8 9, I think that's going to be a great game to watch. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a fun one. And uh, you know, those 8 9 matchups are always uh, seem to be very tight games. So I'm excited to see that one. Our next one is number five seeded Tennessee taking on number 12 seed Oregon State. Oregon State sneaking into the tournament this year by winning the Pac-12. They had absolutely no chance of getting in if they didn't win that. So congratulations to them. And uh, I, I think this is, an, I, I know I've said it for every 12-5 game. You guys are all going to say I just love the 12 seeds. But Tennessee has been a team that's been fraudulent to me all year. And I think that Oregon State may be able to continue that hot run and take down Tennessee in a matchup like this. Um, I see what you're saying. Um, I do think Oregon State is a little bit up on a roll. Like I said, I didn't think they looked that great to finish the regular season. Um, but I think Tennessee is the much better team. I think Tennessee and Rick Barnes easily cruises probably past Oregon State, unless I'm just completely wrong, and Oregon State is the team of destiny in this tournament, and they're just going to cruise on through, uh, and I'm going to look like an idiot just sitting here talking. But I think it is going to be a pretty good game. I think it's going to come down to guard play heavily for both teams. That's what they rely on. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a fun one. Um, we'll see if Tennessee is actually able to uh, come out and play strong, but uh, you just never know what you're going to get with this Tennessee team this year. Um, our next matchup is the number four seeded Oklahoma State versus number 13 seeded Liberty. I love Oklahoma State in this game. I love Oklahoma State just as a whole. I love Cade Cunningham. I think he's a monster, and I think that they're going to be able to win this game. I'm going to disagree with you. I do like Oregon State or Oklahoma State. I'm all for them. I love Kate Cunningham. I think Mike Boynton has done a great job turning that program around um, once uh, Underwood left for Illinois. But I have seen Liberty play twice now this year um, when they played Bellarmine. I was at the game live. Um, they are a very, very good team. They're very smart. Uh, their defense is outstanding to watch. And they're two guards. To, actually, I think they have three guards, but... They have both. All three of their guards are 
They'll shoot from anywhere on the court. They make from anywhere on the court. It doesn't matter where they are, mid-court logo underneath. They can shoot the lights out of the gym. They led the A-Sun in three-point shooting. Um, with the defense that they can play, they play very well in transition. I know Oklahoma State is good. I can't. I do think Oklahoma State will win. I do think Liberty has a very good chance to win an upset. But I agree with you. I think Kate Cunningham's just going to take over late, um, probably put him through. Yeah, you definitely confused me with your opinion there. I definitely thought you were rolling with Liberty, but uh, you ended up circling back and joining me on this Oklahoma State train, so I appreciate you finally getting to that point. I just see it from both sides. Yeah, no, I get it, I get it. Uh, moving on to the number six-seeded San Diego State University versus number 11-seeded Syracuse. Uh, a lot of people didn't know if Syracuse was going to get in. They were the first four out. They were the first four in. They were the last four in. They were the last four out. Just one of those teams where you just never knew what the selection committee was going to do. I think they solidified that with their win in the ACC Conference Tournament and then taking Virginia down to the wire. I actually really like Syracuse in this game against San Diego State. San Diego State struggled in their conference tournament, uh, able to win it, but still struggled. And Syracuse, I think, is peaking at the right time, and I love Buddy Beheim. Yeah, they looked very, very good in the ACC tournament, and they obviously did just enough. Um, the buzzer beater against Virginia, obviously, and then Virginia being out the next day. Um, kind of sucks, but... I don't know who I'm going to go with here. I like both teams. Um, I think San Diego State is still is the better team of the two of them, but that defense of Bayheims can be very suffocating, um, especially when you're not used to it. It's different when you play in the ACC and you have to play them twice a year compared to when you have to play them in the tournament. And we've seen it time and time again where Syracuse barely gets in and all of a sudden they're in the Final Four, uh, where they're arguably a team that shouldn't be in. Bayheim takes them to another Final Four. Um, so... I think this is really a coin toss game, um, even though it's the 11-6 already in the first round. It's late game on Friday. I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. I think it's going to be a very much a back-and-forth game um, with not as much defense as you would think. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a fun one to watch, and I really like. Uh, I'm still going to rock with Syracuse in that game. Um, our next one is the number three-seeded West Virginia taking on number 14-seeded Moorhead State. Uh, there's not a lot I really want to say here. Moorhead State is the only team that is representing the state of Kentucky, which is incredible to say that I've never think I've ever been able to say that in my life, that there is no Kentucky, there is no Louisville, there's no Western, it's just Moorhead. And uh, I think they might be making a very, very early exit in the tournament, playing a very strong West Virginia team. Yeah, I don't know what to think about West Virginia. I think Bob Huggins is a great coach. Um, all year long, It's I thought that they were a really, really good team, and all of a sudden they would lose to a team they shouldn't, or they would just lose. Um, I don't think they should have lost to that Oklahoma State team in that final in their own senior night um, without Cade Cunningham. Um, so I'm a little iffy on West Virginia. I don't know what's going to happen with Moorhead State. I think Preston Spradlin has done a fantastic job down there turning around since becoming the interim head coach five years ago. Um, I think West Virginia does have the athletes and they do have the ability um, to pretty much cruise in this game. But I think it, there's, there is a pretty good chance that this could be a close game. Yeah, I, I think it could be, but I just love West Virginia in this game. I think Bob Huggins will be, in his experience will be able to lead them through to the next round. Uh, we got number seven seeded Clemson versus number ten seeded Rutgers. Uh, definitely a tough draw for Clemson here. I think this Rutgers team is actually a pretty good team. Ron Harper Jr. Uh, definitely the leading scorer on that team and the guy that's going to be the guy to watch out for. Clemson, on the other hand, not a great showing at the ACC tourney, losing to a Miami team that was only had six scholarship players and was pretty hard to watch all year. So I'm really liking Rutgers' momentum over Clemson's downfall in the last 
few weeks, and I'm going to take Rutgers in that game. Yeah, uh, this is one where I think we're going to be around the same page. I love Rutgers. I liked them all year. I thought they were going to do a little bit better through the big ten, through their Big Ten play in the regular season and in the tournament. Um, sadly, they didn't. But yeah, like you said, Clemson just has not been that great. Um, I, I, I feel like they're around this every single year where they're just they're a very middle ground team. They're ne- ne- never really exciting. They don't excel very well, um, but they're also not bottom level. So. I'm with you. I think it's going to be the, up, the upset of Rutgers over Clemson. Um, I think it may be a good game. I think there's also a chance that Rutgers could just easily blow by them. Yeah, I think, I think so as well. I think there's a good chance that Rutgers could just absolutely blow the doors off this Clemson team. But we'll, we'll see. It could be a lot closer game than most of us think. Yeah. Um, our last game and our last teams, we got Houston, number two seed overall versus number 15 seeded Cleveland State. Uh, Houston, like we said, absolutely obliterated Cincinnati in the AAC final, while Cleveland State was able to win their conference uh, and a big win over Oakland. So I, I do like Houston. I, they normally don't do great in the tournament. Uh, they just seem to never be able to pull it together. But Cleveland State, on the other hand, I, I watched a few of their games, especially in their conference tournament, and they seem to not put a full game together and I think they're not going to be if they don't come out strong for a full 40 minutes I think Houston might blow the brakes off of them in this game yeah I love Houston um I I think they are easily probably an elite eight team in this midwest bracket um I think they are above and beyond every single team that is in this bottom level of it um I think they should get to the Sweet 16 easily. I, and if not, I mean, that's a big I agree disappointment. With you. I don't. I don't think that they have a lot standing in their way. I think they, outside of Illinois, on the other, whole other side, um, and Liberty, who's on the whole other side, they have nobody to really deal with um, until that Elite Eight. So, uh, give me Kelvin Sampson all day long. Uh, I don't. I, I'm with you. Cleveland State hasn't been able to put games together. Um, they were very surprising to even win the. Uh, Horizon League. Um, that was a very surprising championship game overall. Um, they had a very good year, um, but I think it's pretty much up for them dancing. Yeah, I think Houston should be able to take that one uh, relatively easy. Uh, we're going to talk about Louisville, whether they should have been in or out of the tournament. They are the number one replacement team. I don't know. I think, they, I, yeah, as, past, of, as of this recording, we yeah. are past the time and they are not in. They so are not yeah, in Louisville's the officially out. And they are not playing in the NIT. They're not playing in any other tournaments. Nope, they are done. Uh, UCLA was able to get in over them, as well as Michigan State. State. Syracuse. Wichita State was obviously, I think, that final team that wasn't over. I think that was a big controversy. Obviously, Mitch Barnhart was the chairman of the selection committee, who is the athletic director at Kentucky. I think a lot of fans want to blame Mitch Barnhart as a, oh, well, you know, you could have just switched them around, but you chose not to because of who they are. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't think this Louisville team deserved to be in. They started out great. I think they started 9-0, 4-0 in ACC play. Um, and from then on, they were not great. They finished 13-7, and 18-5 in the ACC. They were only 1-6 versus quad one teams. Um Surprisingly, I'll be honest, I did not go Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, who are two tournament teams, were quad two this year. I think that's, especially a Georgia Tech team that ended up winning the ACC, the fact that that's a quad two team, that's a crazy good quad two team, if we're going to be honest there. If you can win your conference championship in the ACC. Still be a quad two. Yeah, and you're still quad two. I think that speaks volumes to who is quad one, especially through, um, I think Duke was quad one both times we played them, and they aren't even in the tournament. So... I don't think Louisville deserved it, if we're going to be honest. I don't think they looked that great this year. They 
it took them a long time to get into their offenses. They didn't play a lot of defense, it seems like. Um, they struggled in second half and late game scenarios. Um, obviously, they did have two big, big COVID pauses. I don't think that that should really matter. Um, we saw Michigan in the same pause that Louisville was in February. Um, when Louisville came out of that pause, they went on the road and lost by 45 at North Carolina. When Michigan came out one day later, they went on the road to number four Ohio State and beat them. So yeah, and then you look at Iona as well, who fifty one days. And not and this is not 20, me comparing yeah. Coach Patino and Mac. This is just a. And, <laughs> and, and I wasn't even trying to make that comparison, but just a comparison on the COVID situation, where you know yeah. they came out of a pause and were able to pull something together. I, Louisville, you know, it's one of those things. is a coin toss on whether they should have been in, whether they should have been yeah. out. And I think the biggest part of that was losing to Duke in the ACC tournament. I think if Louisville secures that win, they secure their spot in the tournament pretty easily there. But they came out flat in one of the biggest games of the year, and uh, they came out flat in the first half, able to finally go on a run and get it close. I think they were down by one at halftime. And then they go into the second half, and they come out flat again, and they're able, able, never able yeah. to recover. And I think that was a kind it's of a common a, theme, a, a theme this year. Yeah, year they where were very flat when they – needed to be out and running and trying to increase the score rather than they seem to be very comfortable in one to two point leads right and, and Lu- that's an issue right and louisville you know it's just one of those years it, it is COVID and it is hard to control players and hard to do things you know make sure everybody and you can't control COVID obviously because it is COVID, and you know a lot of people have had it i've had it and uh, i know it's hard to control and things like that but it's just one of those things where it is disappointing for Louisville not to make the tournament this year after yeah you know we did have the grad transfers and we did have the guys that David Johnson we did have the Sam Williams and and I really think that we should have made the tournament this year and it is a little disappointing that we didn't so it is going to be interesting to see how Louisville is able to handle this offseason and what recruits were able to secure and and who's coming back because you know I know Hayden or Aiden, Aiden is Aiden not, is not coming, coming back. back. I know, yeah. Obviously, Malik Williams and Carly Jones do have the decision. They both are eligible to come back for another year at Louisville due to the COVID rules. Um, I, I'll give Louisville a little bit of a break. I think in terms of fan wise, um, it's just tough. It's been tough for us because um, you have to really think. We haven't done really anything in a tournament in almost five years now. Um, you know, back in Rick Pitino's final year. We lost to Michigan in the second round. Um, yep. The next year, we were in the NIT. The, and then, obviously, uh, the next, Chris Mack's first year, we Boston get blown out by Minnesota the very first game of the tournament, gone. And then last year, probably one of our best teams in a couple years. And then don't get to play. And then we don't get to play anything because of COVID. And then you come out this year in another COVID somewhat year um, where there's obviously issues. Um, you're out early, and then you don't even make the tournament. So I do think it – I think it – I think it, it may not be a lot that's completely all on Mac. I think a lot of the fans are just directing a lot of their frustration because it has been a while since we have been very, very good dating back past Patino's day or into Patino's days. Um, and so I don't think it is all on Chris Mack. I think he's getting a lot of the blame. Um, that may not be un, unwarranted at least. Um, obviously, I think there may be some because you are the head coach and it is your job to have teams ready to play no matter what. And in a year where the ACC definitely wasn't anywhere close to its best when you didn't have North Carolina or Duke up at the top and you only had one of those teams making the tournament, um, I think you at least have to get in. Yeah, and that's one of those things where, like you said, it's hard to blame. 
it's hard to throw blame, especially during the COVID year and things like that. But I think it is still one of those things where you said ACC was not a very strong conference this year. The Dukes of the world and the North Carolinas of the world are really not that great. And we come out of a COVID break and just get absolutely smacked by North Carolina. And uh, it's just one of those things where you just wanted to see the team have a little more fight in them and a little yeah. more push to them and a little bit of sense of an urgency that just never seemed to come this year. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully next year and Louisville will be able to have that and uh, make the tournament because it's not the same when you're watching. Yeah, the, and your team's not in it. When your team's not in it, it's not the same to be able to watch. But um, And I do think going forward they do have a good chance. They have a very, very good recruiting class coming in. Um, right, and they have a great roster right they now. They do. I think, um, obviously I think Sam struggled to start the year, but we saw him take off. He almost averaged a double-double. Um, expect through ACC play. I think he did average a double double through ACC, but almost full year, I think he almost doubled it. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if David Johnson stays. Yeah, um, I think in the latest mock draft, he was now projected a second round pick. Yeah, I saw that today. Um, so it'll be interesting. Obviously, they have L. Ellis coming in, um, and Carly Jones also has the chance to stay. I know we're also in the mix for Mason Faulkner from Western Carolina, who is from Kentucky. He averaged 16 points this year um, before rebounds. Um, I know we're in the mix for him as a transfer, um, so I think it'll be it'll definitely be interesting to see who comes back and who stays. Obviously, we didn't have Malik Williams all year. Um, I was very impressed by Jalen Withers um, playing that five spot. It's not his natural position, nor did he have the height, especially in the ACC, um, to compete with a lot of those bigs, and yet he still did it. He almost averaged a double-double as well, basically. Um, I think once we can get, hopefully we can get Malik back, we can get him healthy. Um, I, think, I think they have a very good team going forward, and that is a team... If, if they can bring it all together and you do have a Carleek that comes back, Carleek or David, and Malik comes back, that is a very scary team next year. Yeah, and hopefully everything works out and everybody's able to come back and we have a solid team next year. Uh, Rocky, give us our, we're going to wrap it up with our Selection Sunday experiences. Uh, tell me a little bit about your experiences at Selection Sunday and uh, uh, let me know how they went. Yeah, uh, so my freshman year um, at Northern Kentucky, it did not matter. We won nine total games, and we weren't even eligible for the tournament, so I didn't have a selection <laughs> Sunday. My selection Sunday was doing whatever the hell I wanted to do. Right. Um, so it did not matter. My first year at Louisville, though, I don't know if you were there, but I remember, I know it was me and Eric, and I think there were a couple other managers, and we were up in Minardi. We were up in the, um, the, the film room or TV room. We just had some pizzas. We were just kind of hanging out. I think the team was at Barano's downtown. Um I was downtown. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you might have been. Yeah, I think the rest of the majority of the team was downtown. Um, I believe we were a four seed? Or were we a two? I think we were a two seed. seed. Yeah, we were a two seed. seed. Um, And then obviously did not work out very well. We lost to Michigan in the second game um, right up in Indianapolis. But, um, I mean, that was a good selection Sunday. When you're a two seed, it gives you something to – it feels like all your hard work that you've done all year long, especially in my first year – it gives you a sense of accomplishment. Um, my third year, uh, you were a senior. Obviously, we didn't make the tournament. It was very similar, I think, to this year where we were sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. Never heard our name called. Obviously, that loss to Virginia really killed us at the end. Um, we ended up going to the NIT. I was not there. I know you were with the rest of the team, I believe, um, when we were told we were playing in the NIT. Um I was in Georgia on spring break, so I don't remember any of it. Um, I remember watching the selection show on my phone. Um, I remember getting selected into the NIT. And my senior year, um, the first year of Chris Mack, uh, we were just at Mack's house. We were all in his basement. We had a big team um, party. I think we were four or five seed maybe then that year, um, which was what I was thinking of. Uh, I remember we were picked 
pretty much one of the first teams picked. I think we were like the fourth team off the board. I remember the second we got picked, um, it was straight into the car and back downtown to the arena to start cutting film. Um, we started cutting film in the car on the way back down there, and I believe we didn't leave the office until probably about 2 or 3 a.m. that morning, um, running through every team that we could play um, that entire first week uh, film. Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting experience always when you have Selection Sunday. You just never know. There's a lot of nerves and things like that because you just don't know where you're going to go and what racket you're going to get into. Um, my freshman year, we were a four-seed. I remember I was actually not with the team. Um, the team was all together, and um, I was actually driving in the car and was listening to it on the radio. Um, I think I had, was doing something with my family and uh, while the team was all together. So uh, we were number four seed, and that was actually a very interesting one because we got matched up with UC Irvine, and they had a seven-foot-six guy. So that was definitely an interesting one. We ended up playing in Seattle that year. Um, my sophomore year, we got banned from the tournament, so that was – uh, Fun year. Yeah, I definitely did not watch Selection Sunday that year. <laughs> I could have cared less about that tournament. Uh, my junior year was the same as you. I, I went, but except for I was down at Beer Nose with the team, uh, which was really cool. We all were, were just sitting together eating, and uh, then you know Selection Sunday came on. They gave us a two seed, which we were really excited about. And then right when we got the seating, everybody, all the staff basically left and started preparing for the game. And yep. I'm pretty sure we had practice that night. Yes, we did. Um, yeah, about 9 o'clock after yeah. the selection show and stuff. We late, were already practicing. Right. We already had the film cut, and uh, we already had practice that night, so everybody was ready to go. And then, uh, obviously, my senior year, we did not make the tournament. We I remember specifically it was in the dorm, and I was there with uh, Coach Paget and a couple of the other staff members, and we were watching it upstairs on one of the TVs. And uh, we watched the whole selection show. And when you're a bubble team, it's very hard and very stressful to watch those. And I remember seeing Oklahoma get in, who I thought we had a better record and thought we deserved it more. But they had Trey Young at the time. So, you know, NCAA likes to pick the teams that have the big stars, uh, draw a little more attraction. And I remember when we didn't get selected, it was a very uh, very solemn and very sad mood around the team. And I remember there was a lot of frustration around that because – uh, we thought we should have been in, especially beating Florida State in the ACC tournament that year. So uh, definitely a very fun experience. Also can be a very depressing experience. I know we both went through all the highs and lows of the NCAA tournament selection committee because there's a lot of people that don't go through that. They just get the, the highs, which you get selected every year, and you know you're going to get selected. You just don't know yep. where. Uh, we got to see a little bit of both sides of that where you are a bubble team and you don't know if you're actually going to get it or not. And There's a lot of nerves going into that. But uh, make sure you guys join us every week. We've got two episodes this week. Uh, we got an episode on Thursday. We'll be doing our bracket picks and uh, telling you guys a little bit about our NCAA tournament experiences. So uh, make sure you guys are subscribed on here. Make sure you guys are subscribed on Instagram. We do have a bracket challenge going on right now where you guys can get a free entry and you guys can make $100 absolutely free. The only thing you have to do is make sure you guys are following us on all the social media and you guys are subscribed to the podcast. And if you can send that information to our Twitter account, it's at laundry underscore boys. Um, you'll be able to get your entry in there. We'll send you guys the password for our bracket challenge. Uh, make sure you guys are subscribed and uh, following on all social media for any updates. And uh, we will see you guys next time. See you all on Thursday. See you Thursday.